Move Over, Sally Jesse Raphael. Move Over, Phil Donahue. Move Over, even to the great Queen Oprah. There is a new sheriff in town. Welcome to Slay Your Weekend with Akila. get some good stuff during this time that I yeah. don't want to um, lose out on. But first of all, the per- the correct pronunciation of your name, please. Yes, Neshma. Neshma. I just wanted to, I, I when I saw it, I said, I know that's what it is. I just want to make sure. Yeah, I- everybody, you know, wants to make it more difficult than it actually is. It's like phonetic. Uh-huh. N-A-Y, nay, S-H, ma. Period. Yeah, that's it. And, and I get it because I correct folks when they mess up my name too. Like in a heartbeat, no, it's Akila. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Don't mess. It's like- both of our names have the same origin. Um, both of them are Arabic. Arabic. What does your name mean again? Oh my God, girl, gonna get. Me. I think it means like beautiful head or something like that. I'm about to look it up right now. Hold on. Every time, let me see. Akila. I was supposed to be a boy. Oh, were you? Yes, and my mother wanted to name me Akil. So okay. When, yes, so when I came out as Akila, I mean, as a, as a girl, she was like, oh, let's just do Akila. Okay. So Muslim, Muslim name, it means devoted to, dedicated to, intelligent, logical, and um, smart. Um, Love it. Yeah, all of those things. I mean, I prefer beautiful and goddess, but I'll take all of them <laughs> too. I'll take it. So yeah. yes. Thank you so much for joining me here over at a, uh, Slayer Weekend with Akila. I do appreciate it. Um, did you get to listen to the other one that I sent you? I did. I listened to your first one. I didn't, like, I knew you were um, in the mental health space as far as, like, coaching. And you were, uh, we talked about, like, uh, uh, you were working with individuals who are on the autism spectrum. Yes, I, I do. Mm-hmm. But I learned that you were also a certified life coach Mm -hmm. and all the other things that you do. So I'm, you know, our last conversation, um, I'm just happy to see that you're doing the podcast. Apparently you've done it before and now you're coming back into it. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like you're moving. Yeah. You know, um, it's been rough. I've been in the business aspect since 2015, 2016. And um, I started off as a professional organizer because that's where the name Slay the Clutter comes from, actually. I started off as a professional organizer, but the Lord quickly shifted that because I realized that organizing and professional organization is more, it had more to do with the emotional aspect than the physical aspect. Like people can, if I could just get people to release it in their head, I would have been able to get them to throw it away in, in the physical, but that could never happen. Like I um, I often tell the story where the switch had happened. I was cleaning out someone's storage closet and I came across pictures of a man that I knew she was with years ago. And mm-hmm. I was like, mm, why? why do you still have this? And she was just like, I can't throw them away. I'm like, he dogs you out. He, you know, did this, he did that. Why? She still loved them and she couldn't let it go. And I said, oh, okay. This is not just. This isn't typical. just stuff, right? No, this is not uh, just stuff. Mm-mm. You're so right. Um, I am an avid watcher of Hoarders. I love Hoarders. Me too. Um, my favorite show. I was so happy to see when they put one season on Netflix. Okay. Um, 
And I, so I struggle with ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. So I created the Batty Collective and that is just a space for uh, BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, persons of color, especially women okay. who have been diagnosed with ADHD, but also just general mental health awareness and education. Because mm-hmm. come to find out millennial women, 26 to 36, are the ones who are being is the fastest growing population being diagnosed with ADHD. And there's so many layers to it, but really what it is, is just, especially being a girl, being a woman, Mm. we are like sent off as being like just emotional and sensitive and da da da. We're, you know, we're ignored in that way. Right. And then when you think of ADHD, you think about like the hyperactive boy in class who can't Mm-hmm. sit down. Right. And most girls are not hyperactive. We're inattentive. Mm-hmm. So that means like we have a hard time focusing or, um, really tuning in, um, things that are really masked. Mm-hmm. And so that's another reason for our lack of diagnoses. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, all of this to say women who are 26 to 36 now, because how mental health awareness is growing, the education in that is growing. People are looking at these things and they're like, wait, hold on. That sounds like me. And then also 26 to 36 year old women are having children mm-hmm. and their children are going to therapy mm-hmm. and their children are getting diagnosed with the, uh, these things, different conditions. And they're sitting in the therapist's office with their child and the therapist is working with the child with all of these symptoms. And the mom sitting in the corner, like, wait, hold on. I know I came for the child, but sounds like I- me. It sounds like me. So, yeah. But all of that, that long spiel to say is um, struggle with organization and the clutter of it all and really getting it together now. And I remember there was a book that changed my life. It was uh, Marie Kondo, The Magic Art of Writing. I know all about her. (laughs) Yes. I pulled my shirt. I pulled my whole closet is Marie Kondo. Got it. It has to. Um, and you know, I read that book and I thought it was just about the stuff and the clutter. Mm-hmm. And then there's her, her real big thing is like, um, if it doesn't bring you joy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I went through, I remember this is like five, seven years ago and I was going through all, all my stuff and I'm picking up and like, does this bring me joy? Does this bring me joy? And then I started applying that to the things in my life mm-hmm. and like, people and work and do these things bring me joy and you know just going back to the ideas like your physical space is a lot of the times it's a manifestation a physical manifestation of your mental state you preach on this Sunday girl I should just give you the offering this message for those now so okay for those of you who don't know I met I have never met Neshma in person this was a God connection Literally, someone who we both follow posted her. I went to her page and commented, and here we are. Here we are. We spoke <laughs> one time on the phone, and we've been Insta buddies ever since. Ever since. Ever since, and here we are. And um, she posted about leaving her job because it wasn't in a, it wasn't fulfilling you. You were not feeling appreciated. And I'm not just me. I'm sure many people that are listening could feel that. Could you elaborate on? What got you to that point and what you're doing now about it? Yeah. So um, 
I am a Floridian. I'm a South Florida girl through and through. Um, (laughs) And I left, I started off my career after college teaching and um, we already know the salary that's equated with that. So um, I left Florida to go teach in Texas, which was maybe like 12K more, right? When I get out to Texas, it was a complete uh, culture shock. And I'm like, did I just trade out my family and the beach for 12 K? Wow. But there was so much learning that I had to do in that space. Right. Cause Florida is definitely play, 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 then maybe work. Okay. And Texas is work. Texas is work then play. Right. Okay. And learn so much from the people out in Houston. Cause one thing Texans know how to do is make money. Mm-hmm. And, um, in the classroom, I realized that my students were going through so many things that I couldn't do because I'm only supposed to teach history. That's, mm-hmm. that's my lane. Right. And so that kind of started turning the gears and I'm like, I want to, you know, change my community, um, make it better for my students. And mm-hmm. so that kind of led me into the nonprofit world, okay. which I did for about two, three years. I left Houston and went to New Orleans and worked um, my first nonprofit job. I love it. I love it there. I love New Orleans. It when is. I that city, Ooh, that city is my city. I love it so much. However, I got there not even a good month before pandemic. I actually did New Orleans twice, but the second time um, I got there a month before pandemic. And so like now I have this nonprofit job that I took a pay cut from, left my classroom, left my students, new apartment, grant funded position. The world is, the, the sky is falling, chicken little, like what's happening. And there was so much growth in that season. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of, unlearning and learning, breaking and rebuilding. And eventually, long story short, I gave myself two years. I said, I'm going to work this job two years and it's going to be the next. And it's going to be in the pay scale that I want. Okay. And I got this job offer out in Florida from a really prominent, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh yes, this is it. And, you know, I, no uh relocation that's okay but you know oh wow it's not it's a couple thousands short of the number that I want but that's okay but it's I really wanted to get back up to Florida right so I kind of looked over these things right mm-hmm. and it all it all eventually comes back to bite you in the butt because it's like <laughs> you know this your spirit's telling you mm-hmm. but um God works in mysterious ways he knows that I needed to be back in Florida with my family um with my friends with my church community um all of that and as I was working this job it's just like my mental health was declining because I knew I wasn't getting paid when I needed to um I didn't have the relocation that I assistance that I needed so it was like you already can't live in Florida right mm-hmm. um I'm going to work and I'm working for an health, a health equity. Uh, my, my role is health equity education and I'm not receiving health equity. The insurance that I have is mm-hmm. not covering my insurance for the medication that I needed daily. And so it's wow. like, right. It's crazy. That's incre- that is ridiculous. That crazy. is just horrid. And so then I had to, you know, had to make a decision. I was like, it's costing me more to work 
than I'm getting from work. Yes. So, and this was a decision that I've made before quitting my job, right? But quitting my job in this manner was something I hadn't, you know, no plan, no, no plan B, no plan B. Mm -hmm. Um, but I knew it was counter logical, but it was intuitive. Like it felt right. Yeah. It felt right. And it was at peace. Like I was able to breathe and, you know, um, I spent these last, so I quit my job, November, December, it's March now. And I've been able to do like all these different projects that I just talked about for my whole life. Um, the Batty Collective being one, mm-hmm. um, getting into community engagement and event programming, um, just did a black history program with the church. It I was saw really- me? I saw and it. I did, you know? I did. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you. And you know, go ahead. No, go and ahead. This is my first po- no, and I, and this is my first podcast ever. So listen, you know, <laughs> listen. I I am a highly intuitive person. Very very highly intuitive, and I believe in listening to your gut. I trust my gut. I make this joke. I I trust my gut more than I trust anything. Like legit. If I if I feel like the Lord told me to go to the top of this house and jump off because that is what I'm feeling to do. And not in a schizophrenic way. Cause no, I, know I, know, I know what you mean. Like you're giving an example of something that may sound crazy. Like yeah. Noah building the art, right? Yes, I would, I would do it. And no questions asked. Like I've been in positions where I would literally roll up on somebody. I don't know why I'm being driven to go there. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but they're in my spirit so heavy that I have to either call I have to send them a text message or literally I, there are people out there, although I do ask that those things remain private. There are people out there who can say, yes, Akilah showed up here. And I don't know why or who told her to, but she, was here. she was here when I needed her. Mm-hmm. And I have, there are people out there who could testify to that. So I fully understand the whole intuitive thing. What I want to kind of go back to, because you were touching on something that really needs to be discussed in our mm. arena when were you diagnosed with ADHD and what prompted the diagnosis? Oh my gosh. So I just officially got diagnosed with ADHD at 30 years old last year, summer, right? Mm. Now I knew that something was wrong from, I would say my senior year of high school going into college, right? Really when that structure, that highly structured environment, right? Mm you know, your classes, you know, where you're going, it's all scheduled out for you. This is when you eat. This is when you do math and your English, right? And so when that structure dissipated, that's when my symptoms were finally able to really present themselves, right? Um, So I knew something was wrong since I was like 19. And I didn't go um, to the doctor, say anything to anybody. One, because I didn't even really truly know what it was yeah. going on. Right. And then two, I had an inkling, um, that it was ADHD, but I also knew that the school that I went to and the, and the time that it was around, there were so many kids going and fabricating an ADHD diagnosis, oh. going to the doctor because they wanted to get Adderall. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Adderall is a like a, a recreation. Oh, Adderall is like it's an amphetamine. It's literally legal cocaine. It's legal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's legal crack. Okay. 
And um, so a lot of kids were getting, because it's a study drug, it's a study aid, it, um, you know, it just, it, it energizes you, lifts you up. And like I said, it's an, it's an amphetamine, which is the same chemical compound that cocaine is. Mm-hmm. And of course it's, you know, diff- it's different. I but know, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I was like, me, this little black girl who's never had anything you know, wrong with her as far as mentally, emotionally, I was academically gifted. I'm not going to the doctor because I know that they're not going to, right? And so I continue to struggle throughout life. I struggled throughout my early career. And then it got to a point where it's like, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to help myself. I just know that I need assistance. Mm -hmm. And this was, I think it was like 27 or 28 hurricane Harvey just came. I had a student that committed suicide and I was like, no, jeez, a high school student, high school student, high school student. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, Yeah, it was, it was so it, it was, it was rough. And um, the whole school felt it. Um, of course, yeah, yeah. Wow. Of course, wow. family. It's, and such, and he was such a young, bright, <sighs> young man. He had a real, very charismatic, you know, handsome young man. And it was like, to see that life go was <laughs> really hard. So anyhow, I, that's where I started my therapy journey. Okay. And the doctor, she was a black woman. I was lucky enough to find her. She was like, right? A block. I'm telling you. Wow. Um, Have to, I don't know about y'all, but it is essential for me. And I know a lot of people in my circle, when we're talking about therapy and counseling to have somebody who looks like you, who understands you because it it makes a difference. It It makes a difference. Anyway, so started that she hinted to me getting tested for ADHD and she was a private practice and, and it was so much, I couldn't afford it, mm-hmm. I couldn't afford it. And so I kind of let the whole thing go. And I was like, I'll, I'll just continue on. And then mm-hmm. 2022 with the pandemic was just a complete crash course. Cause it's like, like I said, I moved to New Orleans. I'm out there with no friends, no family. The world is coming wait, wait, down. Wait, wait, you mean in 2020? Sorry, 2020. Sorry. I want to be sure. Like, wait, you going back? <laughs> Hold <No>. up. <laughs> okay. Sorry, okay. 2020. Okay. And that's when everything came to a head. And so since then, um, it's been a project of finding the right care professionals, the right mental health therapists and counselors, the right medication. Um, and that was, again, going back to the, me leaving my job, um, I finally found the right medication for me, right? Adderall does not do well for me. Um, I finally found the right medication. And as soon as I found the right medication, two months after it was taken away from me because the healthcare didn't carry or cover that. At this new job. At the new job. So it's wow. like I would do my entire life, really, and then a whole year of trying all these different formulas, different brands, different people, healthcare professionals, and I finally got it right. And I'm only on it for, I have it right for two months. Mm-hmm. And then I completely rearranged my life for this job. And then, bam. And then my health started declining again. Of course. You know what? Absolutely not. 
I've been on this chain before I'm saving myself. And that's what I did. I quit my job. Um, and I'm happy to say now, um, I'm medication free, um, oh, which is, yeah, which is really exciting for me. Cause yes. I always wanted to do this medication free ADHD is one of those few, few that there is a there's a window that you can do with medication free, right? And even if you are on medication, a lot of people are on the medication so that the neurochemicals in their brain can finally raise to the levels where they need to be. They can practice those systems and then eventually come down off the medication and continue practicing those systems. This is good information to know. This is really good information. I deal with clients who do have ADHD, um, who are in therapy, who have ADD, um, Mm -hmm. Asperger's, autism. So all of this is really good for me to know because a lot of them, they don't want to stay on the medicine either. They they do want to come off of it. They don't want to be Mm -hmm. on it forever. So I love that there is an option for that. Yeah, you can, you can recover from mental health Mm-hmm. um conditions you can recover some not all of them mm-hmm. but you can recover and a lot of mental health conditions have comorbidities meaning that so for me example ADHD right is my core condition mm-hmm. but the organization the focus the task management the life management when i'm not getting those things done i'm anxious so here I comes a comorbidity right and then I'm not getting all of these things done and it's affecting my life negatively. And now I'm depressed. Depressed. Okay. okay. So ADHD is the main condition, right. but now I have all these um, tag along friends that want to come mm-hmm. because, <laughs> right. Because <laughs> the ADHD is not, yeah. you know, being taken care of, but now that my ADHD is, you know, still every day is a struggle. Yes. But now that the ADHD is being managed well, um, my anxiety is way down. My depression is almost non-existent, okay. you know? And then especially now that I'm really able to move in my life and the purpose and the calling that I know that God has mm-hmm. had for me for so long. And I thought about it and I dreamt about it for so long. And now I'm finally have the time and the bandwidth to, and the energy to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Life is just uh, moving in a direction and I'm so happy. And I'm glad you brought up the calling of God and everything because the actual topic I really wanted to discuss yes. with you because I know when we spoke on the phone, you were giving me the jokes about the dating. Oh my God. Oh, the God. actual topic that I wanted to discuss with you and I wrote it down because I'm like, she is very organized and she balanced stuff and I want to make sure I have it right. Okay. I, because I know we, we were going to talk about um, abstinence, but the yes. actual question I have for you and what I want the remaining of our time to be about is this question. Okay. How do you stay and remain sex positive and remain abstinent at the same time? Ooh, that is before like- Before you answer, you were Jamaican woman, Before you answer, you were a Jamaican woman like me. I don't know if yes. everyone knows that she's Jamaican. And yes. you are in a church. So yes. this is going to be a very interesting very, um, very, conversation, very, guys. So let's just get with it. Okay. okay Whenever you, you want to start, I'm fine with How it. How do I remain sex positive mm-hmm. while remaining abstinent? And so just for clarity for me, what are you defining sex positive as? Because sex positive has a lot of different meanings for a lot of people. 
I feel like in our way of life, in the church, in our community, in our Jamaican community, even too, not to say that sex is a bad thing, but it, it's, it's had a very negative connotation for those who enjoy it, for those mm-hmm. who don't see anything wrong with it. So it, like when, when you hear the word abstinent, especially in our arena, I'm not doing this because I don't want to go to hell. Like literally that is the reason why people decide to remain abstinent. But unfortunately that thought pattern brings along negative thought patterns about sex and shame and guilt exactly and And i don't think abstinence has anything to do with the shame the guilt the being afraid to have sex i think it's a personal reason and Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean the individual doesn't enjoy sex doesn't like sex they are abstaining for a certain reason so i'm like a lot of people flip over to the abstinence side and forget that sex is still a great thing it's still a wonderful thing and yeah. when they are ready to leave the abstinence, they still have all of this shame, guilt, degradation and everything. How do the two work together for you, at least? So I'm going to go ahead and just start off with a verse. Okay. Um, and it's not verbatim, right? Everybody okay. loves John 3, 16, oh, right? God so love the world. God love the yeah, world, right? Yes. But my favorite verse is actually John 3, 17. And it talks about Jesus came, Yeshua came mm-hmm. not to condemn us. Uh-huh. So there is no condemnation in the Lord. There is no guilt. There's no shame. He didn't give us a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I would want to start off with because okay. a lot of people, especially people of faith, um, again, there's like you said, there um there's this fear of you know eternal damnation. Yes. Right. So we choose abstinence out of fear, rather out of grace. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of people don't remember that God knows that we're all sinners. True. A lot whether of people have sex or not. <laughs> whether you have sex or not. And that's yes. and I think that's the crux of the issue. Mm-hmm. People are, you know, looking at different types of sins and trying to weigh, you know, this one is worse than this one or this yeah. one. All sin is the same. Is. All sin is the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, when we're talking about sexuality, right? We we can talk about abstinence, we can talk about um different types of sexuality when we talk about um, homosexual, the LGBTQIA plus community, mm-hmm. um, since we're talking about sexuality, but pe- people don't remember that, especially if you're somebody of faith, God's not looking at the specific sin. We are sinners at our core. At the core. At the core. So it's not that the sin doesn't matter. And I'm not um, saying that it doesn't matter. I'm saying the at the actions that we're doing are unrighteous or they're righteous, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, it's sin or it's not sin. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no plucking of hairs and, you know, like I said, this one is worse than this one. And that one is, it's none of that. We're all sinners. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, remembering that, but also remembering that there's no condemnation, there's no guilt and there's no shame. And that even when we do sin, whether we're aware of it or unaware that we are able to always go to ask for redemption for forgiveness for him and repent you know and i think a lot of people think repentance is this one and done thing right it's a lifestyle every day you have lifestyle yeah it is 
every day, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's where I would like to start. But me remaining sex positive while being abstinent, um, because I'm very sex positive. I love, I love sex, right? You loved it. I loved it. (laughs) Can't wait to have it, right? Amen. uh, but me being and 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 me being abstinence is abstinent is also a recent choice, right? Got it. And even when I've made this choice, I want to say maybe three years ago, and I can even go through like um, briefly how my abstinence journey has changed, right? Because oh, it wasn't Please. it wasn't even it wasn't always a faith based decision, right? Because mm-hmm. I just reignited my walk with Christ again in like 2017, 2018. Okay. Um, and, and it's not to say when I decided to be abstinent that I haven't faltered in that, of right? Course, of course. But again, there is grace. There right. is, I get to, as long as I wake up in the morning and he gives me another day, I can try it again. The song says morning by morning, new mercy. Right? So go ahead, girl, I hear you. <laughs> so being sex positive and abstinence is, is, it's an easier journey for me when I'm not dating anybody. Of course. <laughs> when there's nobody around. It's like, you know, I'm super single right now. So I'm like, yeah, I'm abstinent. I'm abstinent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah girl, you should be abstinent. Don't let these boys take you for anything. Don't let no man take you for idiot. Don't make him take yeah. you for no fucking show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, close your leg, close your Until you get a man. <laughs> Until, Until you get the man that you've been praying for. He Lord has not presented himself to me. So um, <laughs> praying daily for the strength mm. um, to be able to, right? Amen, amen. <laughs> because I get weak in the knees, right? Um, oh, can hardly speak. My yes. flesh is weak. And so I don't know how that's going to work, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but for me seeing sex positive, I have to remember that God created sex. Mm-hmm. He designed this, right? Um, he he's given me my my um like my likes and my um, preferences, mm-hmm. and he's given well not all of my preferences. Some some of them are definitely worldly, but um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely worldly. Amen. But, um, you know he's he knows he knows me, right? Um, and he's created sex as this beautiful intimate dance that we get to connect with one another physically and spiritually emotionally um it's something that we do with one another and we can procreate Mm -hmm. and create legacy and you know all of these different things so that's the one way that i um start with like remaining sex positive Mm -hmm. right um and then um Additionally, for me to be sex positive, I also like make sure that my tribe is my tribe and I, we think alike, right? So the people that I have in in my space, whether they're like abstinence for a season or just, um, you know, um, going back and forth with the idea of abstinence, that we can have these conversations about how we're dating, what um, not the nitty gritty details of our sex life, but you know, like how are we interacting with men? How are men interacting with us? And mm-hmm. just being that support system for one another. You know, my one of my friends, she just decided to be abstinent. Okay. So happy for her. 
And so when we have this con these conversations, um, of course, I was always like, girl, be asking, you know, I was that one. <laughs> and now that she is, it's like we can have those conversations when guys come in and out of our lives, and, yeah. you know, showing whatever, what his true character is. It's easy for us to go on the phone and call each other. And it's like, you know, just a sounding board. Like You, you bring up a good here. point. You bring up a good point. So is that something you notice? That what? because you're not sexually active in this moment, that men or whoever you're dating tend to show their true colors quicker because they oh. realize they're not getting the box. Ooh, it's a filter. <laughs> it's a filter, you know. And um, you know, to be transparent, I I like faltered off of my abstinence walk towards the end of last year. Okay. Um, well, the end of last year, the beginning of this year, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm just restarting myself. I'm a couple months in right now. Okay. And um, with that being said, you know, it was a guy that, you know, was a professed Christian and follower of Christ. I bet. When <laughs> right. Until so like me, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And like culturally, he's where I, you know, culturally, physically, intellectually, mm -hmm. um, just like on on point, right? Yeah. And Absolutely. when it came to talk about abstinence, it was like nah, like it was a flat out nah. And I was like, okay, but see, this is my this was my thing, not thinking that you know, not, not thinking that, you know, his standard and my standard do not align. And mm -hmm. so I need to remove myself from the situation mm -hmm. because I hadn't been dating for so long. And because our connection was, you know, so on point a connection that I hadn't had in a long time, mm -hmm. I stood around past my expiry date. Mm -hmm. I should have, you know, That's and so now through that process, I'm learning again. Okay what's the standard? What are the things that you need to be able to connect with, um, with this person in order for, you know, them to pass through, through the next level. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you had this man who, again, who, and it, and I think it kind of like blows my mind now that I'm on this side of abstinence. Mm -hmm. Like how's there so many people who, um, are followers of Christ and, to find people who are abstinent is such a minority. It's like a needle in a haystack. There we are. This is this is why I'm doing this <laughs> because mm. it's a real. I mean, and listen, I come from an even more stricter. I'm sure I come from an even more stricter background than you. Mm. Like I come. Because you grew up Pentecostal, right? Apostolic, honey. No oh. pants, no jewelry. You ain't going to nobody's party, no, no movies. Nothing. You in church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning for, for choir rehearsal, then back again Sunday night, Sunday morning. Like that is how I grew up. Yeah. I'm just coming from church now. You know what I'm saying? Same. Like, let praise and worship. Like, uh, that is where I come from. So, but, and this, I was, I talk about this in another one of my podcast episodes, how I did a speaking engagement. Um, mm. It was a, it was a, in a, a, a more of a church arena audience speaking engagement and it was about dating and things of that nature because in our world dating when i was coming up there you ain't tell, listen you're not telling the conversation was you. don't come home pregnant don't come home pregnant. You, do not have a sex don't come home pregnant you don't have you dating what is that you don't date are you crazy no you like someone especially in the church mm -hmm. let me tell you something you like someone you're getting married that's what that is you don't we don't date for six and seven months like 
courtship engagement in the church I grew up was three months. Oi? Three. As you got engaged, you had three months to get married. That's how I grew. So, yeah, so I'm trying to say it's deep. But the thing is, you are dealing with human beings. Human mm-hmm. beings. And I feel like the religious aspect of the church, I will not talk about the spiritual aspect because I believe in the church. I believe in that way of Yes. Life. But the religious aspect of the church has kind of taken away the human yes. aspect of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and for completely forgetting that we're spiritual beings residing in a physical human form, right? But, yeah. And it's like, I'm so glad you brought up the difference between religion and spirituality oh, because I, you know, like I said, I reignited my faith walk 2018. Yeah, 2018. And it in that time is when I, now mind you, I grew up similar to you. I was in a Baptist Jamaican church, right? Oh, like Jesus. family is the family of the church, right? Oh, so right. when yeah. it was time for me to break out, broke out. You broke out. I left. <laughs> I, left. <laughs> I left and I was like, I'm not going to church. I couldn't tell you how, I couldn't tell you how many years I didn't go to church wow. until I started going to church back in like 2017, 2018. Wow. I was like, I'm done. done. We're done. I was like, nope. Um, you know, and I, again, my background is, was in world cultures, history, mm-hmm. geography, all of that. So I'm learning about all of these different things and all of these different religions. And I'm, I'm, I like, when I tell you when I left it, I left it We're done. and I was done. And, and that's because I only, and I was a babe, right. Mm-hmm. I only understood it as religion. I remember sitting in the pews of my church and like this older lady rest in peace now she t- turned around and looked at me and I was like maybe 12 or 13 and she's like and I think um and the altar call had come and she turns around and she looks at me you know if you don't get baptized you're going to hell Just like I'm 12 that. I'm 13 what did I tell you the next baptism Sunday I was, there, under, <laughs> I was up I was up I was scared but the thing about it is like I did it because of the expectations placed on me mm-hmm. by somebody who was in religion and not in spirit, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. anybody who's in the spirit wouldn't turn around to a child and say that. Not you like know, they, that, at least. Not like that. <laughs> not they, like would, that. No. they would lovingly coach you. And yes, you, yes. You know I mean? Lovingly, yes. Lovingly. Yes. Um, help, sit down, break it down to you, help yes. you understand it, right? So what I left was religion and in my reigniting of my walk is where I've developed relationship and Mm. spirituality and it it has been so much more fruitful it's so much more um connected Mm. and it's just amazing right now you know um and I think that's what we have to leave is the religion of it all and really understand that we're we need to walk in the spirit because when we look at the New Testament, Emmanuel was sent and he literally condemned the people who he condemned them. He said, what are you doing? The Pharisees, right? Yeah, he came to fulfill the law. Literally, that is what it's, what one of his, you know, sayings, he came to fulfill the law. Like my husband and I were having this conversation the other day. I was like, being a Christian is different than being a follower of Christ, in my opinion. 
I feel like Christianity is a subset of rules that came along long after Jesus Christ died. But I feel like when Paul and all of those people called themselves disciples of Christ, followers of Christ, that's a completely different, completely different relationship. That's a devotee relationship. They were devoted to mm -hmm. that. I feel like the church has somehow moved away from that and got more devoted to the rules and the yeah. regulations and the ways instead of being more devoted to the actual person why all of this started. Oh my gosh, you said it beautifully. And I am so glad you said that because I, you know, I now have, you know, people ask me like, okay, so what are you, you know, as far as religion goes? And I said, I'm, you know, I don't say I'm a Christian because I'm not a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ or I tell follow them I'm part of the most high, you yeah. know, like um, those are the things that I say because it's two completely different, it's it two is. completely different things. And that's why we're losing so many people to the faith is because what we grew up in is religion. We didn't grow up in the spirit. And so it's really going to have to take people to do their own exploration to kind of rip apart that church hurt, to really go into the book and read it and understand it from themselves, Absolutely. right? And understand a pencil in the hand of a student is a pencil, but a mm -hmm. pencil in the hand of somebody else can be a weapon, Absolutely. right? Mm -hmm. And understand that there's people who have taken the truth and have used it to spin it to disadvantage and um, oppress people, but yes. you, it doesn't change what's in the word, the way that it's been utilized for the good or for the bad. And so a lot of people are going to have to kind of get that reckon, reckoning within themselves to go back and do it for themselves. And that's where... Go ahead. I was going to say, you bring up a really good thing because, you know, today's first, well, I'm, I'm dating this podcast. I know they hate when you do that, but I'm dating the podcast. Today's first Sunday mm -hmm. and, you know, it's a Lord's Supper Sunday and most, most yeah. churches are Holy Communion Sunday. And my husband, my son in the car says to me, mommy, do you know why Judas betrayed Jesus? I said, for money. He betrayed him for money. He was like, he was poor. I said, no, he wasn't poor. But while the elder was, you know, praying over and speaking over the actual Holy Communion, mm -hmm. um, my bishop talks about how there were only 12 um, there when they got to, in Acts 1, when they got to Acts 1, there were only 12, I mean, 11 disciples because Judas had killed himself. And I mm -hmm. thought about that scripture, how Jesus said it would have been better that he'd never been born than him kill himself. Like he could have been forgiven. He, yeah. He, the man who crucified came back from, you know, from the grave and all that, you know, holy stuff that we love said he didn't have to do that that religion the pharisees sadducees the scribes all of those people mm -hmm. that's a that's what judas did yeah he, he did a he did a lawful thing mm -hmm. in killing himself but jesus like i came to fulfill that he didn't have i could have forgiven him and we could have just moved on could you imagine forgiving the person who set you could up you, to crucify? could you imagine but that's what <laughs> jesus was but that, he here for <laughs> That's when he was like, he didn't have to kill himself. Like, gosh, if anything, you, you fulfilled what I came here to do. Thank you. Peter also betrayed Jesus. Right. Too. He did. And after, after, just, you know, promising, promising, promising. Oh, not, never, not me. Not me. And I that's mean, why he says better to for your yes to be yes and your no to be no to not exactly. say, you know. And I feel but. like the religious aspect and when people, cause people get caught up in when people say you're spiritual, they, that, you know, there's a whole lot of talk about new age and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And there's a big thing going on. People, you know, the devil is spiritual too and all this other stuff. But I'm like, when you mature in your walk with Christ, I'm not asking this. 
love will govern you more than anything Ooh. else. Yeah. Love will govern you. And I feel like the religious aspect is a lawful thing where, mm -hmm. you know, the law condemns, right? Yeah. The letter condemns, like you said, but love gives freedom. Yeah. Roman, Romans 8 talk about there is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk after the what? The <laughs> like literally. And it's people, people don't. I don't, I don't know what it, I don't, I, I don't know what it is to get somebody to uh, get them to resonate with that. But like, I'm so glad we're having this conversation, especially when we're talking about condemnation and going back to abstinence, there's so much condemnation, right. Mm -hmm. Um, around sexuality in the church. Um, and I think that if we started to make these conversations happen more often, I wish. Uh, yeah. whether they're on podcasts, whether they're actually streamed within the church, whether, mm -hmm. you know, actually having conversations like, okay, yes, I know that this is a standard, mm -hmm. right? But how do I live this standard out when I can't even watch a TV commercial with something being like a, a car commercial without cereal, without it being sexualized? That, mm -hmm. That's an exaggeration. You know what I'm saying? But like, how do you like giving us the practical tools in order to live this out? Because I know that's what I didn't have. And if I had it, I would have been so much more successful in this. Right. Uh, yeah. And I, mm, I, with, with the abstinence journey, um, I didn't lose my virginity until I left for college. Right. Okay. And then I had a college boyfriend, mm -hmm. um, for most of those years. And then, um, like when I finally decided to, again, walk with Christ again, my decision to be abstinent mm -hmm. wasn't a faith-based decision. Mm -hmm. It was just because I had gone through maybe like six months or more mm -hmm. in a year and I wasn't dating anybody. So I was like, well, if I'm not dating anybody, I'm not having sex with anybody. So I guess mm -hmm. I'm abstinent. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then as I practiced abstinence consciously, then I started to realize the spiritual benefits from it. Then I started to realize like, oh, my discernment is on, is on point is coming. It's, it's always been there, but like, there's no, there's nothing in the way of it okay. now. And it's okay. Like, damn, um, gotten to the point where, you know, like certain people and we'll talk about men because of the topic certain men couldn't even come around me mm -hmm. certain men didn't even have the certain men that used to have the gall to come to me mm -hmm. wouldn't even say hi to me and nothing had transparent transpired between us right mm -hmm. they just men would stop coming up to me or men um who were around me some of them wouldn't even like you know like there was no, no hug, no nothing because try no, mm -hmm. wouldn't try me, wouldn't mm -hmm. try me. And then, um, you know, certain things, um, like I would actually have to sit down and like, you know, break it down, which I'm probably going to do tonight after this conversation, <laughs> Good. But things just, you know, and even not to deal with men, but even my friendships, like, you know, like the certain women that I had around me, it, it just wasn't going to work anymore because I'm, I'm here talking about abstinence and not in a, in a preachy way, just more so like, you know, they asked me, oh, Nishma, what's, 
you know, life going on. Well, I'm absent. I'm not not dating. I'm not having sex. So, you know, and some people don't even know how to carry a conversation if it's not sexual or some, some people, some like, um, friend groups don't even know how to go out if the Mm. focus is not finding men. Very true. That is very true. You girl, you talking right. That is true. Okay. So I lost a lot of friends. Wow. I lost a lot of friends because I was not going out with them to go parade and peacock around. Mm -hmm. And that's all they wanted to do. To get men. And it's like, if we can't as girlfriends hang out and go to the movies or just sit down and eat um, with one another or hang out with one another, go to the park with one another. Mm -hmm. Why does everything that we have to do have to be on scene? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why do we have to be on the screen right now? Like, Mm -hmm. why can't we just vibe with one? If we're really friends, why do we have to be in the hottest spot right now? Hmm. And there are some people who just cannot go forego that attention or forego the purpose of go- them going out is to seek a partner or sometimes even um, people get a high on declining people. Mm-hmm. Some people sometimes love to go out and be like, I'm going to tell everybody that I need no. Which makes no sense. Why but then you're... Work- you're upset at home by yourself crying. Like <laughs> that makes no sense. Now in your dating walk now, cause mm-hmm. either way, I'm sure that even when you do falter, it's not deliberate. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. Do you upfront tell these gentlemen that you're abstinent or do you wait? It just depends. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I've never been much of a dater. Okay. Um, cause I'm just like, I'm very much like, I enjoy my company. I enjoy like the company of my tribe. Right. Um, and when I say I enjoy my company, like I'm, I go out to eat by myself. I go out to the lounges and to the thing by myself. Like I'm, and I also, I think it probably has to do with me being an only child as well. But my first inclination is Nishman wants to do something. Nishman's going to go. And then I went through a phase in my life where it's like, oh, as I, I always wanted to do something with somebody. And then I ended up like forfeiting the fun I could have had because I was waiting on somebody else. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, no, nope, forget it. Even if that means I'm doing solo, solo travel across the world, mm-hmm. I'm not waiting for anybody. I'm going to do it. Good for you. So not, right? Um, now with the dating I say that to say I enjoy my company so much and then I'm not much of a dater. So I find the communication, the getting to know you portion of the whole dating thing, unless it's a guy that has really amazing conversation and communication, it's really, it's taxing for me. Like I'd rather read a book. I'm sorry, (laughs) you know? And it just depends on the guy, you know? Um, There's some guys that, um, cause I will say I'm on hinge, completely unsuccessful. Okay, Um, I've only met, met two people off of hinge and I've been on hinge on and off for like a year, a year and a half. And I've only met two people that shows you like how literal, right? I just don't get it. And I don't, you know, I've been lucky enough not to meet any tw- uh, twin. Uh, what is it? The swindlers, the, the oh, <laughs> Tinder swindler, Tinder swindlers. I I'm going to I, I haven't met any like really bad intentioned men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, funny. none of that. I'm lucky in that. I'm, I'm lucky and blessed in that sense. Mm-hmm. But um, there are certain guys that I'll say like, hey, look up front. If I'm trying to get them out the way and because I'm already 
feeling the feels that this man has no <laughs> sexual discipline. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and tell him. And then usually they run, yeah. they're out. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's other guys, like if I really like them and I want to see where it goes um, and I'm, I'm liking the trajectory of it, I'll let them know, you know, after we've interacted enough and we've gotten comfortable with each other enough mm-hmm. and I'll disclose it to them. Um, and they usually, and they stick around, but usually what happens after that is I find out that I'm actually not really interested in that. So that's usually what happens that in, in that situation. Um, now I heard a piece of advice from somebody, I can't remember who said it. Um, but they basically don't tell them Mm -hmm. like anytime they make sure, and they're very, deliberate and making sure that none of their interactions um have the potential to for that type of intimacy so they're not going over each other's house they're not going um after a certain type of day Mm -hmm. or you know things like that and then if the conversation or the environment is ever conducive to them moving into a sexual interaction the person would say like oh i'm just not ready for that and just keep on pushing it and pushing it off until be, because their premise is that it's not their business True. it really isn't it's not their business not married. Right? <laughs> I, need to, I need to like do enough data collection on this person to even discern if they're even worth that information yeah knowing that information about them how can i even you know, want to sit there there and lay down and have sex with them and i don't even know enough exactly right yeah so she left it onto the other person to be emotionally intelligent enough to ask the question or have you know have the conversation like um okay so we've been in this space and you said you're not ready you're not ready what will make you ready or are you (laughs) abstinent then they can have the discussion about it but like i I don't disclose it. Um, I just make sure that I'm not in those situations where mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. And if it does become a possibility, I just let them know that I'm not ready. And even in that, the men who are only about sex, they're going to fall off. Regardless. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, they're running. And it's sad. And you don't have to do anything. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's a, that's their prerogative too. Yeah. But it would be into and you know it'd be interesting to come across a man. Maybe I should find one who is abstinent because that is a very yeah. foreign notion. Very, very church, foreign. not church, yeah. whatever. There's this there's this app that I actually found. It's called the Sexless Tribe, and I'll send you the inf- the I Sexless Tribe. Send it to me, please. I will send it to you, and you can make like an app and da 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 da, and like. Of course, there's like a million women and like one and a half men. Um, But it's the sexless tribe. I'm here in and out of there, especially when I was like, when my abstinence finally became a decision, like, no, I'm a follower of the most high. I'm I'm a child of the most high. I'm a follower of Christ. And this is the decision I'm making because this is, this is the biggest show of my dedication. It's personal. Yes. It's personal, right? One hundred percent. I I said like this is if I could this area of my life if I could truly dedicate it to him. Mm-hmm. That is that is just my Nishma version of showing him how much 
I appreciate him for okay. all that he has done. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found, I don't know, it was probably an Instagram ad and I found the sexless tribe wow. and I joined and like the chat is live. It's fun. They have like different events and did it. And there's a couple of guys on there. Um, most of them are from Nigeria, um, <laughs> which is not an issue. It's not an issue, but I'm not a long distance person, especially like a whole entire ocean long right? distance. Right? Time zones? No. Like, no, that's that's a little bit difficult for me. That's yes. a little bit difficult for me. But um, there are guys on there. I'll send you the information. I'm Please. sure you can find somebody that would be open to. I would definitely put it in. The, I'll have on um, production, put it in the episode um, um, notes because someone may be interested in that too. We'll see. And, and, it, and, it, and again, going back to building that tribe, right? It's so important to have people around, you know, like, who are you to be a, you know, not saying that it's wrong, but I'm just saying, if this is the path that you're choosing to be abstinent, why are you going to be friends with a porn star? It's like being, it's like being an, an, um, someone who's recovering from alcohol and keep going to the bar. Yeah. Like you're, you're, yeah. you're in AA and your friend is. A, a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to work. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like it's counterintuitive. So, mm-hmm. and I, I use those as like extremes, of course, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But it's just to show like, you have to be very careful about who is surrounding you, your environment, because it can really set you off one way or another. And sometimes it's really just that snowflake that starts the avalanche. Very, very true. Now with all of this said, Give mm-hmm. me some of your, give me like two of your worst dating uh, stories. Let's just see where we go from here. Worst dating stories. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one dating story was in Houston. Um, he was actually from Chad. He was from Chad. Okay. And the conversation was so boring. Like, now Chad was, is a town in? No, in- Chad. Uh, sorry, sorry. No, like Chad, Africa. Oh, yeah but in houston there's such a large african population right oh um he was he was like very nice looking like you know um you know reigniting his faith walk but he was just boring Mm -hmm. and i had gotten out of a relationship um and i was like I'm not doing this type of thing. I'm not doing the lightning in the bottle anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for the straight lace. He looks good on paper. I don't even care if I don't like him. Yes. If he checks off these boxes, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I tell you I was bored to death, I was bored <laughs> to death. Why was and he boring? I, he just didn't know how to carry conversation. And that's the worst. That. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, no. pulling that was literally like pulling teeth and um so we're on this date he um it was actually really funny and it's actually really smart but you only do this with the woman who's like actually your woman he told me that dinner was at like 7 30 or something Mm -hmm. like that so that I would arrive on time Mm -hmm. But the dinner reservation wasn't really until eight. Okay. He ended up being late. So he told me like, okay, it's like CP time, colored people time. So you tell them like 30 minutes before the actual time Mm -hmm. of the event Mm -hmm. and him not knowing me, I was there at 730. You're on time. 
I was on time. Here's a man who's about to spend his money on me that he's worked for. He's asked me to be at a certain place at a certain time. I'm going to be there at that time. Mm -hmm. And if I can, I'm going to call and let you know. So I'm sitting there as like 7.30 or 7.45, whatever. I can't remember the time it was years ago. But anyways, I get there at his fictitious time and he gets there at the time of the reservation. 30 minutes later. And he told me, I'm like, so. Why did he even tell you that though? He told you that he did that on purpose? Later on. I'm like, oh. cause I was calling him. I was like, hey, cause I really only have like 20 minutes. Okay. It's like, okay, I'm going home. That's right. And so I called him at 15. I was like, hey, I'm on my way home. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, 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 don't leave. Don't leave. Um, um you know like he called the bar and had sent things sent over to me like trying to placate me oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, i probably would have still left sure <laughs> i ate my food in the <laughs> but i and and you know here goes the standards thing i should have left because but it was a restaurant i really i i heard I that you wanted to go to <laughs> i wanted to go so i was like okay whatever i'll put my face in the pie for this okay um, but yeah, then he comes and now, mind you, I, I laughed at it because that is actually funny, right? Because, you know, we women, we tend to take a little bit longer to get ready. And sometimes we are a little late, mm-hmm. right? But this is a, this is something that you do with a woman you're established with. You don't yeah, do this on your second date with somebody. Yeah. So that's how the date started. He was late. And then, oh. um, again, pulling teeth during conversation uh-uh. and, um, it, it, there was just like no connection. There was no connection. Mm-hmm. And we, he had already like purchased tickets for this like live jazz thing. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we were already slated to go. So we went, mm-hmm. we went now, mind you, no connection at dinner. This is maybe our second or third date, either way, no connection at dinner. And I was upset because I wore like a really nice dress. Like mm-hmm. I was mad. I was like, you don't deserve this dress. You don't deserve this look right now, bro. Anyway, so we have no connection at dinner, but yet he feels comfortable enough to like have his hands all on me and want to like kiss me on the cheek. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, like chill. Like a little affection here and there is cool, but like he was, again, he's from Africa. So it was very much- (laughs) Aggressive. they're very aggressive yes chill and like i'm also like still mad single so i'm like if this don't work out with you like i don't want nobody in this town that i reside knowing that (laughs) you know what i'm saying like you can't fix me here's this like six six like really dark handsome looking guy here's me standing next to him i don't want anybody to have this picture in their memories because if i need to go back and go out back to my selections. I don't uh-huh. need anybody to recall this. That wait, wait, wait. Stick a pen. He was six six. Like, give me the give me the demographics and the and the and the. Oh, stats. okay. Six six. Um, like two thirty. Wow. So he was he was sturdy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh in IT and engineering. Oh, money. Um, <laughs> yeah, like had his visa. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't have to. Okay. Worry. He wasn't and this is all drugs because we're both Jamaican so we know how oh, I get it trust are. me we know how those things are so it's all jokes but yeah. um yeah so you know like 
on paper, it made sense. Mm-hmm. On paper, it made sense. Mm-hmm. Wait, even my friends knew, like, Nishma, you don't like this man. Oh, I'm like, but it makes sense. He's a good guy. He was boring. Boring, 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 boring. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so he's at the place. um, He's at the place. We're at the place and he's annoying me. I'm like, listen, I want to go. But I really didn't want to go home. Although that's what I told him. I really wanted to go to my favorite bar, my favorite lounge, which was right around the corner. Mm -hmm. So I told him I wanted to go home and then skirt, skirt. He goes down this way on 59 and I'm uh, down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going up in social. I still look um, good. I'm I, out. Go, I go and park and urban social is a place where, like I'm there. They know me. I know them. Right. It's a place okay. that I can go by myself, feel safe. Mm-hmm. And if I go there, I know people that I know and my friends are going to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. One of those spots. Um, so I park, I go in, I get my French 75. I look around my shoulder. He was there. He was there. He followed me. He followed me. He followed you. He followed me. And I was like, (gasps) so I like, I gave the face to the bartender and I gave the face to security and security escorted him out. And it was just, it was just like, I've, I've, I felt unsafe in my life before, but like that, I felt like extremely unsafe. And he was more, he was like definitely ready to come and charge me up. Like you said you were, you know, and I get text messages, like you said you were going home and why did, and, did, and like, you said you was going home too. too. <laughs> why, why are you over here? You literally followed me. So wait a minute, so, what happened after this? Like, did you guys, how like, you- I, I, like, yeah, we, we duped it out. Like, cause he was texting me once he got escorted out. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, you said you were going home and, burr, burr, burr. and I said, listen, bro, I'm grown. Like, no, I didn't want to spend any more time with you. I, I'm a grown woman. I pay, like, you don't need to check me about nothing that I'm doing. Ever. (laughs) Ever. So after that, it was dead. It was big dead after that. um, Wow. Wow. So that was the worst dating experience. I think that story was long enough to cover too. That was, um, wow. That is scary. It's scary. A lot of men feel entitled to you, and yeah. it's like, and it's like, you're you not. No. Okay. Well, dang. Well, I hope mm-hmm. you're having better luck <laughs> nowadays. Well, we're not dating, so that's better luck right now. Okay. Um, uh, well, I think I'm like gonna open myself up to it, you know. Oh. And then there's there's also the thing about like, okay, I'm not working in a traditional sense, and I'm doing this, you know um, you know, community engagement, um, program management, all these things on my own terms. And so there's, uh, there's a part of me where it's like, no, I need to lift this off the ground successfully first, you know, my brain. First First things first. Yeah. Yeah. First things first. Um, so yeah, I think I'll open myself up to the idea eventually. Um, and we'll see, I don't know, somebody might hear my voice on the podcast and then find me out and, You'll be responsible for. Listen, don't play with me because I am a matchmaker. I haven't done it in a while. 
I haven't. Oh, really? No, I haven't done, but listen, like what kind no, of- No, like, like really a matchmaker? Like you've done it professionally no. or is just- like, <laughs> No, yeah, no, like, no okay. I haven't done it professionally. But put it out there. What kind of man are you looking for just in case? Let's just put oh, it out there. Oh my gosh, on the spot. Okay, so Absolutely. definitely- Definitely, definitely a man uh, that is after God's own heart, right? Um, Has to be a follower of Christ. That is, you know, we have to be equally yoked in that sense. Um, A man who's community minded, his his first priority is feeding back into the community, especially the ones that fed him um, and not about just lining his pockets. Of course, you know, we all need that financial stability and the potential to earn more, but I really enjoy a man whose heart is about his community. And then I would say I want, and this is kind of odd, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, I want a man who's a farmer. And I say this because there's a whole bunch of like king and queen going around. And I want a farmer. I want a man who understands the seasons of life. I want a man who understands, you know, planting and you know it's patience and Mm -hmm. and being able to see something from a seed to a sapling to a fruit that bears trees and a tree you know might die and you might need to fertilize it you need to do you know but knowing that nothing that he does can happen without the seasons that God has put in place you understand girl that's it you don't (laughs) describe you don't describe anything else about a man but that if you get you a farmer, which I have never heard that term used in describing uh, a man desired, you yeah, got to get a man. I don't want a king. Like if he's a king, that in his his life, mm-hmm. he was a farmer. That was his base. Great. Okay. Great. He's okay. he's he's built a kingdom based off the things that he's learned from that. But I want I want a man who understands the seasons of life and can. Mm-hmm be patient and can grow with and Mm -hmm. knows how to, you know, make mangoes out of a seed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, who knows? Put it it out there. We put it out there. You don't know where this is going to reach. You never know. Literally. And literally keep your eyes open. Keep your heart open. Cause you just never know. Listen, it was, I think we're over an hour. Like this is incredible. Is it? Yes, oh my god yes we are we are over and it doesn't even feel like that I no feel it doesn't like even feel so, like that you i think i'm gonna have to bring you back because i feel like there's still so much more so much to talk about from our perspective so, so yeah we're gonna table it right here we're gonna sound good right it's, it's not the end we're just tabling it right here and we gotta go on because i still want to talk about how we maintain our femininity like i want to talk about that and that was mm-hmm. gonna be my next um topic with you but child we went yeah, so far deep into that because I want to talk about the femininity aspect of women in church. So I want to talk about that. It's very important, but we're mm-hmm. gonna stop here. It was a pleasure. It was so much fun. Thank you for oh this. Oh my experience. god, I appreciate you taking this time out on your busy in your busy busy life to help me. And I pray God's richest blessings over your life. Everything that you talked about, I hope it comes to pass for you. I hope you get it. I hope you find a place that values you and respects you where your employment is concerned, you deserve that. You know what I mean? And clearly you have a lot to offer experience-wise, educational-wise. You deserve that. So I hope it happens. 
Thank you uh, so we much. Follow each other on definitely Instagram. keep you posted. There's yeah. so many things that have happened between the last time we talked that you definitely need to be updated on. So we'll okay. talk offline, but this was so much fun. You, uh, I'm so glad that you're starting this back up. You have a <sighs> voice you. that needs to be heard. Thank you. So um, Thank definitely you. just whenever you need me, just let me know. I will. This or anything else. I definitely. will. I will. I'm going to get this over. You can feel free to hang up now. I'm going to, I have to just do some ending stuff before I can send it over to them, but it was a pleasure. God bless you and we'll be in touch. Okay. Later. Bye-bye. Okay. That was my interview with Neshma. Oh my, like I am, I, I don't even, I'm zinging. I'm, I'm zinging from every aspect of me right now. There's still so much that I wanted to discuss with her, but we didn't get to because I'm over the hour limit. Like that's how dope this was. And as you heard, there's more things I want to talk about, but I am so grateful that she took out the time to have that very candid, honest, open conversation with me. This is what it's about. We need more of that. If you like what you heard, please comment, please reach out to her. Um, I'll have her, um, her Instagram handle in the episode notes. There was something else I said I was going to put in the episode notes. I'll go back and listen to it and get it in there. But yeah, this was, oh, the sexless tribe. I got to get the link and put that in the episode notes. But this was excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Hey, you've been with me over here at Slayer Weekend with Akila. Please be sure, please remember to check out the other show on this platform, How You Feeling. That's the mother show of this platform, How You Feeling with Fran and Coco. They're dope too. They're hilarious too. They have open and honest conversations like this too. So if you're into that, head over um, on Mondays, you'll see their episodes. And on Fridays, you'll see mine. Um, also remember, share this, share this. This is what it's about, getting the word out. Share this with your community. Share this with your girlfriend. Share this with your guy friends. Share this with your church. Share this with your job. Share it. Let's keep the conversation going. This was a tremendous pleasure. And thank you for listening and tuning in. And please be sure to come back every Friday, every Friday to hear more conversations like this. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.